The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven.
Hello and welcome Ecclesia. We are so glad that you joined us this morning. I would love to pray with you as we enter into our time of worship this morning. Join me. God, we are so um, grateful that you are the God that sees us, that you are the God who in our encouragement, in our frustration, in our mourning, that you are the one who is with us and you see us in each of those. We ask that you come and infuse us with your peace and with your love that is abundant and that passes our understanding. We thank you for this time to gather together in this way. Um, in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen. Spirit, hope. 
Oh
cause us to shine so bright that we bring hope into the dark. Ecclesia, we continue to be committed even in this challenging season to the work God calls us, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring for the spiritual health of our people and especially for the care of our children. As we each consider our part in that offering, please speak this prayer along with me. Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents, and resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission and with your kingdom in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, Ecclesia family. Always good to be together, even if it's online in this way. Uh, if we haven't met in person, I'm Wayne Brown, one of the campus pastors here, and I've got two updates for you. One is we wanted to make sure that you've marked your calendar for Saturday, October 24th. That's when we're gonna have our next October Even Song, where we will gather in person, outdoors, in a safe space at 1100 Elder Street. We're doing three different gatherings, one at five, one at six, one at seven. If you came to the last one, it's gonna look and feel very similar to that. Uh, we are looking forward to getting the chance to share communion in person at this one. And because it's the week before Halloween, if it's anything like it is at my house for you, my kids are just chomping at the bit to put on their uh, Halloween costume. So we think it'd be fun if your kids' costumes are ready, have them wear them. Uh, that could be a lot of fun. So you can sign up for that to go ahead and mark it on your calendar. Let us know you're planning to come. And if you go to our website, ecclesiahouston.org, you can find a link that says Evensong there. Click on that and that's where you can sign up. Next, we want to let you know that we are starting another round of discipleship groups and we're starting that on Sunday, October 25th at 10 a.m. These have been so much fun uh, since we started them uh, back in the summer. And we've got three great uh, classes coming up that we're excited about. So one is our own Jim Doremus, who's back from his sabbatical, is going to be doing a study on the book of Ruth. And we'll be taking four weeks to go through that book. You'll want to sign up for that and go through that. Uh, next our very own Mike Yeager, who did a portion called Sacred Frames, where he looked at uh, a set of films and then gathered people together and had some time to discuss it. Uh, he's gonna do Sacred Frames part two. So excited about that. And I'm glad that I'm not currently doing a discipleship group. Maybe I can get to sign up for that one this time. And then finally, another one we're really excited about is our very own teaching pastor, Sean Palmer, is gonna be doing one on the Enneagram, going beyond your number and looking into this much in a much deeper format. 
Uh, he's a really gifted person, has done a lot of work in the Enneagram, and you would benefit a lot, uh, both knowing a little bit more about yourself as well as your spouse or the folks you work with, uh, and that can really help out there. So three ways that you can connect on Sunday mornings at 10, starting October 25th. We're really excited about them. Again, you can go to our website, ecclesiahouston.org, and there's a link there that says Discipleship Groups. You can click on that, and that's where you can sign up for those. Really excited. You don't want to miss out on that. Now, Ecclesia, I just want to invite you to pause, take a deep breath, because we got a chance next to hear from our uh, pastor, Chris C., and he's got a message from God's word for you. And I hope that in these moments that you sense and feel God's presence, that you hear his voice speaking into your life and that it brings peace and hope and faith uh, into your home, wherever you are. So good to be with you, Ecclesia. We love you. Can't wait to see you in person. God bless. God bless you, Ecclesia. This is Pastor Chris, and I'm excited to open the scripture with you today in a, in a season that continues to be a challenge. Um, I've, I've faced some challenges this week. I'm grateful for the good things that are happening. When the Astros win, I got a big smile on my face. I hope you do too. Um, when, uh, when my kids are thriving and doing well, I'm, uh, I'm thrilled. And uh, we're together a lot and we're sorting through struggles, right? We're not out at school yet in my house uh, in the same way that we would hope to be eventually. And so there's a lot happening in the house and whatever it is, I'd love to just pause today and ask you if I can be with you. How are you? How, how are you doing? And as I have asked many of you that question and paused for a second to listen and to hear you, um, nobody has said to me recently, hey, things are perfect. They're actually kind of flawless. Now, some of you are expounding on things and I could do the same of things that are really nice in this season, things that have slowed down, places you've invested in relationships in new ways. And those things are great. But many of us, are saying, I, I feel like some of this is taking a toll on me. And so when things get really hard, there are a couple things I do. One, the first is I try to self-soothe, right? And I've got a therapist, I've got a counselor, she'll help remind me. These are some of the things you do to self-soothe, right? And maybe for you, it's like me. I can drink wine and take a walk. I mean, long walks. And at the end of it, I can walk for hours. I feel better. Maybe it's a bath. Maybe it's you read a book. Uh, maybe it's exercise. I, I don't know what it is for you. For me, it's food. This week, I paused and ate one of my favorite meals and uh, went and had sushi and had the exquisite Toro at the end, right? And you just end with that taste. Anybody else like that? Did you plan in a meal what that last flavor is going to be? And I just loved it. I loved every second of it. And uh, maybe for you, it's something really pleasurable. I try to self-soothe. And then secondly, the other thing I will often do is seek out a friend that's been through some of what I'm going through. If you've got a, a teenage kid and they're struggling, you wanna find somebody that has been through that, maybe uh, worse than what your kid is struggling with. And they begin to tell you, hey, this is how we got through and this is how we adapted and this is what we learned. And as you learn from those things, you go, I think I'm gonna make it through, right? That's what we keep telling one another. We're gonna make it through. This week, we're delivering baby bibs that say we're gonna make it through to the babies that have been born this year. And if you've had a baby this year and you're not on our list yet, we wanna get with you. We wanna bring you a baby bib. And we wanna remind your babies and your grandparents 
that we're going to make it through. And so today, I want to invite you to lean on and learn from some of the wisdom we've discerned before from a figure of old, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you want to look at someone that survived a crisis in their government and their culture, and uh, it was worse than what we went through, and handled it with integrity, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is at the top of the list. And Ecclesia, in this season, maybe you thought before the church was a building. I hope you've figured out now. I know I have. The church is not a building. It's a people. It's God's people. And Bonhoeffer describes our mission, and he says it this way, I think better than anyone else that I've ever heard say it. He says, the church is the church only when it exists for others, not dominating, but helping and serving. It must tell men and women of every calling what it means to live for Christ, to exist truly for others. Now, Ecclesia, I've heard from many of you from time to time because we're a church on mission. We're a church of action. We're a people that like to do. Because you know what? Our friend Bob Goff reminds us often that love does, right? And if you read the Gospels, we see Jesus act and respond. And there are times that I hear from some of you, Ecclesians, and you say, Pastor Chris, we're exhausted. There's so much happening in the world. We can't fix it all. What are we going to do? And every time something else happens, this week another storm pressing in on an area that's already been hit. And many of us are going, are we going to help again? And this feels exhausting. And this is what I want to tell you, Ecclesia. You can view it as exhausting. And I get tired from time to time, I'll tell you. But overall, I pray that we see it as exhilarating, that we have the privilege to serve. The church is only the church when we exist for others. If you thought that the church was a building that you came to get inspired and to feel good about yourself so that you could go home and do your thing, then you missed it. And so did I. And in this season, I can't wait to get back together. I'm going to talk to you more about that. I can't wait. But in the meantime, we are still the church. And this is what I want to tell you, Ecclesia. There are just a few highlights of things we're doing together. A month or so ago, we rallied to help local schools and brought together more than $25,000 to get supplies and uniforms for kids that need it. Since the pandemic started, let me tell you a little bit of what we've done in feeding the homeless in our hot meals effort, not just meals, not sandwiches, but hot meals, we've been able to do over 8,118 hot meals, over 742 grab and go meals. We've spent more than $65,000 since the pandemic started to feed and care for the needs of our homeless brothers and sisters. Since the pandemic started, we partnered with our friends at Meals on Wheels to give 500 microwaves to their clients that needed an ability to reheat meals so they could have everything they need to get through the week. We're responding on the Gulf Coast, in Alabama, in Louisiana. Uh, you've been feeding people there. It's a gift, more than 5,000 meals provided. We've spent more than $60,000 and we're actively helping our brothers and sisters in Louisiana that need to get back in their homes and get a new start. We're working with churches in Beirut to provide basic supplies and help them rebuild after the explosion. In London, we've been able to partner with our friends there uh, to feed the homeless and to care for those in need. In Argentina, we're supporting a program that's bringing food to people that desperately need it. And in Cucuta, Colombia, at the border of Venezuela, Ecclesia, can you imagine since the pandemic started, our church has been able to provide, with our friends and partners there, over 100,000 meals to people in need. We've sent more than $86,000 there since the pandemic started, and there's so much more to do. 
I'm so blessed to be a part of a church that exists for others. And so you may get exhausted and I may get exhausted. Hopefully it won't be at the same time. And today, as the world is a bit more exhausting, I want to lean on some of the wisdom of our friend Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Bonhoeffer expands on some of the teaching that we find in 1 Peter chapter 2. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, this is what Peter tells us about the church. And this is a reminder of who we are. He begins with some really practical wisdom. He says very simply, rid yourselves of malice and deceit, right? There are places that you've got anger or malice that you want to deceive, places of hypocrisy or envy or slander of any kind. He says, would you get rid of that? It's just really good advice, by the way. And if you think you don't have any of those things in your life, you probably lack some self-awareness. We all do. Would you look inward today and say, God, where are those places that I might have deceit or hypocrisy? And then he says this, he says, be like a newborn baby. We love babies at Ecclesia. And one of the things I miss most when I preach is getting interrupted by babies. Um, we, we got rooms filled with babies. I can't wait for that again. And what do babies want most of the time in the service when they start to cry out, right? These newborn babies, what do they want? Peter knew, he said, they want milk, right? They want milk. They're all there and they, they'd like to be fed. And he said, if you would be like a newborn baby and you would crave spiritual truth as much as a baby craves milk, then things would be really good. I don't know what you're craving today. I got a little bit of spiritual truth for you and I hope you're hungry and ready for it. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, as you come to Jesus, to him, to the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. He's explaining, Peter is, that the temple that used to be so important, the place that God dwelt, that the temple was no longer that important. Now, we don't view our church building here at Elder or Westside as a temple, but it is a place that we meet and we encounter one another and we experience God's love here. But he says, you need to know the real church is in you. God's come to dwell inside of you. So as we seek to be that church, what is it that we should do? I wanted to offer you some advice from the life and experience and writing of Dietrich Bonhoeffer today. And I'm going to give you, let's see, one, two, three, four, five truths. And I'm hoping these five truths will be meaningful for you. Here's the first and most obvious in Bonhoeffer's life. He returned to Germany under Nazi rule knowing that he would have to oppose Adolf Hitler and that it would likely cost him his life and he did it anyway. One of the things I learned from Bonhoeffer's life is simply this, be courageous. Would, would you just find some places in your life? Uh, don't, uh, don't, be, uh, don't be ridiculous, right? Don't cause harm to you or your family, but where you get the opportunity to stand up for what is right, even if it costs you, costs you financially, costs you with friends, even if it's painful, will you seek to do the right thing? Now you can do the right thing in a really humble way, but you seek to do the right thing. Ecclesia, may we be the people that oppose hatred, bigotry, white supremacy, sexism, the true evils of the world. May we oppose it with all that we have. May we do it lovingly, but forcefully and passionately. I want to be a part of a church that in a world that seems to be falling apart, stands up for the things that we believe most. And then secondly, Bonhoeffer teaches us this. He says, don't judge people. Don't scapegoat other people. Uh, he says it probably better than almost any this way. Bonhoeffer says, judging others makes us blind. 
whereas love is illuminating. Have you ever thought of it this way? When you start to look down on others, you, you write people off or you go, those people, I, I, I can't stand them. I disagree with them, right? When we start to judge others, he says, we become blind. But when we love people, he says, it actually is illuminating. By judging others, we blind ourselves to our own evil and to the grace which others are just as entitled to as we are. As Bonhoeffer says, as C.S. Lewis reminds us, the places that we're bothered most by others, maybe it's a politician in this season, and they really get under your skin. We're reminded that the things that bother us about them are often the very things that we have in us as well. And so we pause, and we choose not to scapegoat or judge, and to realize that the world is much more complex than we would like it to be. Thirdly, Bonhoeffer reminds us in his life and in the story of German Christians, that you can't be a blank Christian. You just can't. You can put any word in front of it and it just won't work. You, the German Christians truly were more German than they were Christians. If you wanna be an American Christian, you'll end up being more American than you will be Christian or a progressive Christian or a conservative Christian. This is what we are, Ecclesia. we're just Christians. And if we'll just be Christians, there are going to be times that your progressive ideology won't fit your Christianity. And if you're a conservative Christian, there are going to be times that your conservative ideology won't fit your Christianity. And you're going to have to decide what you really are. Are you a progressive or are you a Christian? And at the end of the day, I want to be a Christian. I don't want to put another adjective to it. I want to follow the way of Christ and love the way that Christ loves. What does it look like to lay down those other things and seek first and foremost to be truly Christian? And by that, this is what it means, to be as much like Jesus as we possibly can. And Jesus in this season would be a peacemaker. He'd be a source of love and grace and hope and encouragement. There are times and places he might throw a few tables over. I'm sure, I'm sure he would. But I can tell you for sure that our Savior would be building bridges with people, finding new opportunities to love and to serve. Thirdly, Bonhoeffer teaches us a lot about community. And this is what he says, that Christian community is the greatest gift, but it makes a really lousy idol. Oftentimes, and I hear it, from people on a regular basis. They go, I'd love to be a part of the church. I just can't find a good one anywhere. And I can tell you, there is no perfect church. In fact, Bonhoeffer said very explicitly, uh, he said, uh, you'll never find a perfect church. If you do, right, don't join it. Why? Because you'll mess it up, right? You'll be the one that will mess it up. If I join a perfect church, I'm going to be the one to mess it up. Perfect churches don't exist. There are a lot of good churches. There are good people, authentic people seeking to live out their faith well. I'm blessed to be in a city where there are a lot of good churches. Ecclesia, you're one of them. You serve well. You allow people to live authentically and to be who they are. And I'm so grateful for that. There are many times that we want to have an ideal for what a perfect community looks like, especially in a pandemic, when we'd love to serve each other perfectly. We would love uh, to, to have such grace and patience with each other that we never fail. And we know that we will, right? Uh, maybe you're like me and you watched... Uh, a number of sitcoms in the 90s, right? I, even my kids now watch Friends, uh, one of the, the best of the 90s sitcoms. And if you were a fan of Friends, you came to the same conclusion that I came to many times when I watched that show. At the end of the show, I decide very clearly, and you probably said the same thing in your head, my friends suck, right? 
I don't have friends like that. None of my friends are that funny or that much fun. And the reality is there's a reason it's a sitcom, right? Um, that those people were characters. They were literally characters. They're not real people. None of them had real jobs, except for maybe Ross. He was a scientist, but I don't know how he, even he, like, he never really went to the office, did he? Like, who even had the money to live in New York City and go and hang out at coffee shops all the time? Have you guys been to a coffee shop in New York City? It's expensive. You got to have a job, right? And you watch that show and you think, that's what my friends should be like. And nobody's friends are like that. Our real friends struggle with depression and gluttony. They're not always grateful. They're not always kind. They're far from perfect. But real friendships are formed in loving, imperfect people. Ecclesia, I love being a part of this Christian community where we love imperfect people and we love them well. Lastly, and I'll leave you with this. Bonhoeffer reminded us that we were nurtured alone so that we could be together. He says it this way. He says, let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Each by itself has profound perils and pitfalls. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into the void of words and feelings. And the one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity, self-infatuation, and despair. Now, this tension has never been more difficult than now. Because so many of us, because of the pandemic, are finding ourselves spending way too much time alone. Now, I'm a person that tends to enjoy time alone. If you see me out at the movies, which I haven't been to in a very, very long time, you'll probably see me alone. Um, you'll think, poor Pastor Chris, I should go sit by him. Please don't. I'm enjoying being alone, right? Now, this year, I've spent way too much time alone, and maybe you have as well. We, we ought to use that time productively to be with God, to nurture our souls, and then we all have to figure out, virtually and together, how do we spend time with people that we love? Right now, we're still not in big crowds close together. We're gonna be gathering for even songs. We're gonna have some beautiful uh, prayer and contemplative experiences where we can be together. And we're gonna move more and more to opportunities to be together. We wanna do that in a way that's safe for our kids. We want to be together and we're gonna work towards it. And we're gonna seek to find that balance of caring well for ourselves while we're alone and caring well for ourselves and celebrating one another when we can be together. Now, in the in-between time, let me remind you of this, that social media has become one of the primary places we interact. Many of you are watching this service on Facebook. And this is one of the places I've watched a Netflix documentary like many of you recently that reminds me how difficult this online life is and how some of these tools can really be used against us and they can be really hurtful. What I will tell you is that I think these tools can also be a gift that we have the opportunity to reach out to others online and say, you're not alone. I'm with you. Don't be isolated. Don't leave yourself alone. Don't give in to despair. And I'm hoping and praying that we will each do a better job of reaching out to others in love and kindness and grace in the weeks to come. As we look towards Thanksgiving and holidays that are guaranteed to be different this year, I want us to all begin to anticipate ways that we can care for others in these challenging and difficult times. As Bonhoeffer said, the church is only the church when it exists for others. I'm grateful that I get to serve with you 
And I hope you're grateful that you get to serve with me and so many others on this fabulous Ecclesia staff. I don't know what the weeks and days ahead are going to be like, but I believe that God will be with us and that we will be together and that our mission will be clear. We're gonna to begin to work as borders open up to bring in some of our leaders from Latin America. They're gonna to come to Houston. We're gonna strategize, we're gonna pray, we're gonna to look towards the coming years, and we're gonna figure out what does it mean to continue to be the church faithfully in this ever-changing world. Can I say a prayer for you? And I'm hoping today that God has blessed you and that the hunger you had for his word and for a word of encouragement would be quenched and that these things that we're called to do together, that we would step forward, we'd act and we'd move together. Lord God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for people like Bonhoeffer that have been through challenges that are much greater than any that we face. We do see division and we see evil and hatred and bigotry, but we could hardly fathom the world that he lived in. And he chose to faithfully serve Christ in difficult times. Lord, may we do the same. May we love one another love our neighbor, love our family, love our friends, love our church community, and our brothers and sisters suffering all across the globe. We pray that in this way, we would be reminded what it is to be your bride, the one that you love, and we are grateful today, God, for that love. We pray all of this together, and we pray it in your name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Ecclesia. I am guessing that God probably had a word or a phrase for you as Pastor Chris was sharing his message with us. And I invite all of us now to take a pause to consider what was that word, that phrase that God had specifically for you. And if it feels invited, go ahead and write that word or phrase in the chat if you're on Facebook. Maybe write it down somewhere. Or if you're with other people, tell the person next to you what that word or phrase was. Go ahead, take a deep breath. It's always good for us to just breathe in the presence of God. It's my privilege to get to invite you to this table, the table of communion, the table where Jesus is hosting us to feast with him. And as we take this pause for communion, would you join me as we confess together? Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. Ecclesia, this table has the blood of Christ that has been shed for you. 
the body of Christ that has been broken for you. I pray that you would be able to taste and see the forgiveness and the redemption that God is extending to all of us. Savior say thy strength indeed is small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all call to him I owe sin and left a crimson stain Washed it white as snow Lord, now indeed I find Thy power and Thine alone can change the leper spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Jesus died my soul to save My lips shall still repeat Jesus paid it all All to Him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow Sin had 
had left a crimson stain He washed it white as Good morning, Ecclesia. Um, my name is Kelly Booth, and I lead our family ministry team. Um, I would love to just tell you about a class that's coming up, and this is really for parents of middle and high schoolers. Um, we have a virtual small group that will be focused around parenting highs and lows, building community together, and learning skills to support your child's emotional health. It will be on Thursdays at 8 p.m. starting this upcoming Thursday. Space is limited so that it remains a safe space that feels like a small group, and um, it will be led by our Better Together social work team. For those of you that may not know about Better Together, it exists to support children, adolescents, and families as they navigate the big emotions that arise from this stressful season of life, giving them the space, skills, and community they need to thrive. You can find out more information and register at ecclesiahouston.org slash better together. Now will you join me as we pray a prayer of blessing for our children. May God bless you and protect you. May God show you favor and be gracious to you. May God show you kindness and grant you peace. We love you. In these divided times, let us remember that the truth is not a static, slanted collection of ideas. The truth is a person. And so as a benediction, we hear from the voice of Jesus, the incarnate truth, speaking in John 17, saying, immerse them, immerse them in the truth, the truth your voice speaks. In the same way you have sent me into this world, so I am sending them. It is entirely for their benefit that I have set myself apart so that they may be set apart by truth. But I'm not asking solely for their benefit. This prayer is also for all the believers who will follow them and hear them speak. Father, may they all be one as you are in me and I am in you. May they be in us. For by this unity, the world will believe that you have sent me. And so, Ecclesia, you are made one in Christ. May the world not divide and poison you against one another, but instead witness the light and life of Christ in and through you as you love and serve always that they too would believe. Ecclesia, dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.